it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. What's up, guys? We're back with another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. As always, I'm Justin Michael, and today we are joined by team DNBR athlete, Colorado State superstar, and most recently, John Wooden mid-season award watch list nominee, David Roddy. Really, really appreciate him giving me some time to talk about the Air Force game, uh, changing focus to San Diego State, Isaiah Stevens, all kinds of stuff. He continues to be just such a such a treat to work with. I mean, he's a he's a great guy, really really fun to talk hoops with, and just a great sport. You know, not not everybody is always you know that great in an interview. I think everybody likes the attention, but not everybody necessarily handles it. And the thing about Roddy is, he just remains so humble. You know, he continues to rack up the accolades. He continues to impress people and and you know draw the attention of college basketball pundits across the country. And he's still the, you know, same cool, polite, you know, just really, really team-oriented guy that I met when he was, you know, being recruited by CSU. So it's just been really cool to see. Uh, Something to keep in mind for our homeowners. With prices going up, it's creating natural equity in your home. If you have mortgage insurance, chances are you can refinance out of that and make the bubble work for you. If you're in the buyer's market, you know how stressful trying to buy a house is right now, especially in Colorado. It's It's just dumb out here. I mean, the housing market, it's crazy. Let Mike and Virginia Chevalier take the burden off this extremely difficult process. They're going to alleviate so much of that stress. Just take some of the worry off of your plate. As mortgage brokers, they're able to shop over a dozen lenders with many different products to find the right fit for you. They want their borrowers to know who they're working with and not feel bounced around. They take the time to help their borrowers be as informed as they want every step of the way. And Mike and Virginia will take the burden off folks so they can focus on their home being a home, not just a house. They have a fun perk for DNVR listeners. If you go to dnvrmortgage.com, you can enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat. Most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. If you're a little bit more old school, you feel more comfortable talking to somebody on the phone, give Mike a ring at 970 412-2472. Again, you can call Mike directly at 970-412-2472 or just go to dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. All right, joining me on the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage, we have our weekly appearance with David Roddy, Team DNVR athlete, Colorado State starting guard slash forward. You guys finally got back to action. 24 days between games. 
stay perfect with the 67 59 victory over air force. What are your, what are your thoughts on, on how the team played, you know, how, how you played and, and just how it, how it felt to be back out there. Yeah. Uh, first of all, yeah, it feels great to be back, be back out there playing, uh, in front of fans again. And, you know, it's, it felt like an eternity, uh, ever since we played. So, um, you know, it was, uh, we had to knock some rust off for sure, uh, in the beginning of the game and just get back into the rhythm, uh, of playing, you know, basketball. So, um, you know, we, we felt that a little bit, felt a little bit of our, our conditioning went a little bit as well. Um, but overall, you know, the team, you know, fought and battled really hard against a really good air force team. Uh, you know, they're super young, but they're super talented and, you know, they're, they're super disciplined as well. So I have a lot of respect for them. So, um, you know, they always make the games tough. So I'm just glad we, you know, came back with the win. Yeah. I mean, they, they deserve a ton of respect just for the way that they were you know, able to hang in this one, obviously missing four of their top eight players in this game still managed to, to keep it close. That discipline, I think kind of helps with that, you know, having such a structured system probably makes it a little bit easier to, to plug and play guys, but still, you know, credit where it's due. You know, you mentioned you, you kind of felt the conditioning. That was something that, that coach Medved obviously mentioned post game that, he felt like fatigue was definitely a big factor. Do you think that was a, a big reason why, you know, kind of some of those open shots, especially just kind of weren't falling guys' legs were just feeling it after being off for a month? Uh, yeah, I would say that as well as just, again, being in that game atmosphere, uh, not being in that game atmosphere for a month can definitely, you know, mess with you a little bit. Um, <clears throat> just getting, you know, your rhythm back is, is the most important thing. So, you know, we did the best we could in practice. Um, so, you know, again, and also just getting back into conditioning is, is playing games, you know, not any drills, not any sprints that you can do. It's, you know, playing games. So, um, you know, hopefully, you know, I'm glad that we can, you know, play this weekend as well as, you know, just try to continue to schedule, um, you know, and, and just be consistent with, with those games. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that uh, San Diego State game here momentarily, but I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that was something Isaiah brought up post-game was just, you know, even beyond being in shape or whatever. He's like, you know, you can practice all you want. You can run up hills, but that intensity of the game, if you're not ready for it, can catch you off guard. It, do you feel like that kind of contributed to, to Air Force's hot start and, you know, they jump out to a 7-0 run, just maybe kind of had guys shell-shocked a little bit? Um, you know, in the beginning of the game, I would just say it was our lack of intensity on defense. Um, you know, they're a very challenging, uh, offensive team and they're in their, you know, their sets are very unique. Uh, they do a lot of backdoor cutting. They do a lot of, you know, flare screens and everything. So, um, you know, our defensive principles that we usually use on a daily, on a daily basis were basically thrown out the window. Uh, and we have to learn a whole new type of defense to guard air force. So, um, understanding that and, um, you know, not having as much ball pressure, uh, I think got out to, that's how they got out to their, uh, early start and not communicating. So, um, it really wasn't much conditioning in the beginning, but I would say like maybe in the third quarter, um, you know, probably some people hit a wall or, or something like that. Um, I still have to talk to my teammates about it, but, you know, throughout the game, at least somebody felt like, okay, yeah, now I feel, now I'm starting to feel it a little bit quicker than usual. So, um, you know, but again, yeah, I'm just glad that, you know, we could get that out the way and knock the rust off. You know, you mentioned that you guys have to, to learn a, a new defense to play air force just individually, you know, how does your role change going up against the Falcons compared to what you do on a normal night? 
Yeah. Um, you know, the Air Force basically has four guards around one, basically just how we play a little bit. Um, you know, it's not really, you know, you have to be aware of, you know, the baseline drives because that's really what they love to do in their offense as well mm-hmm. as just kind of lull you to sleep with their uh, with their motion and then they'll do a back cut and they'll just get a wide open layup. So, um, you know, just being hyper vigilant on defense uh, is is something that's very, very important to play against Air Force or to do against Air Force. Um, you know, my role doesn't change too much. Um, I would just say just probably just try to allow the game to come to myself, um, you know, rather than trying to force too much, uh, especially against their matchup zone. It's very, very challenging to get, you know, an, an open layup or, you know, just trying to run our sets and, you know, everything's kind of, um, you know, mushed up. So, um, you know, they do a really good job of that. Um, you know, they do a good good job of understanding, like, is this a good shot or is this not a good shot? Like, you know, that hesitation is is what they're really good at. Yeah, their patience is definitely different. I mean, they, they play with a much slower pace than most teams. They really bog it down and, and kind of try to dictate it, which it, it works for them. But I almost feel like at times they they kind of hurt themselves with how long they took. You know, you guys forced a lot of shot clock violations in this one. There were times where I, I kind of felt like, you know, oh, I probably should have shot that one, you know, six seconds ago. But, you know, it, it was a really stout defensive game. So was that kind of what you guys were hanging your hat on? You know, it wasn't the best offensive game, but that's kind of to be expected given the circumstances. You guys still went out and executed defensively, at least when the game mattered. Yeah, I would just say, yeah, I was really proud of our defense uh, and the way they stepped up, especially in the second half. Um, you know, again, uh, after the after the first and second uh, shot clock violation, you could just tell that they didn't even know that they were, you know, in the shot clock violation or, you know, it was winding down. That's one, you know, kudos to the fans and, and everybody for being super loud, as well as it was an understanding of no matter what, they're still going to go run their stuff. Like no matter what, no matter if there's two seconds left or 30 seconds left, they're still going to run their sets. So, um, you know, being mentally prepared for that and, and guarding for all 30 seconds of the shot clock uh, was, you know, was really evident showing that, you know, after they, you know, had their shot clock violations because they're still running their stuff like like nothing happened. It makes sense. Where do you feel like this game kind of flipped? Because, you know, I posted on Twitter on the DNVR account. I felt like the turning point was kind of when you got that block near the rim, get the outlet pass out to Adam, and he obviously drains that three in transition. You guys go up four. I know they came back and tied it in the second half and and they hung around for for a lot of the game, but it kind of felt like you got, like you guys flipped the switch after that and you kind of had it in, in more control. Do you agree with that or do you feel like it was kind of later in the game? Um, yeah, I would say so. Uh, you know, that's again, one catalyst to making a run. Um, you know, as, as, you know, as soon as we get like a steal or a turnover or, a, or I block a shot or something and we capitalize off of that, um, it usually kind of snowballs into, you know, a huge run. So, uh, they call the timeout immediately after that, which, you know, again, was smart on their end, of course, but, um, you know, I would just say, you know, uh, you know, the John's and one three late in the game was great. Chandler's offensive rebound, uh, was great as well. Um, James was awesome. DT was awesome on the boards as well. Um, so I think just making those, uh, winning plays was, um, you know, a real key throughout the game, but especially in the second half, I think those, all of those offensive rebounds were, were huge. I'm glad you mentioned all those because those are guys that I, I highlighted in the post game piece. So it makes me feel smart. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Isaiah wore the the headband. Who looks better, you or him in it? Man, I gotta say, I, I look a little bit better. Uh, I, I mean, I had braids when I had it, so uh, I had a little bit more design than he did. But now, nah, uh, Zay, <laughs> I kept joking with Zay, uh, saying he he's he wanted to spend some VC from uh, from two K, <laughs> some extra VC to spend, so he got a headband. So um, now nah, he rocks it in practice sometimes, and and I think he I think he wore it already once in a game. But um, yeah, we'll see if he if he wears it again. Do you feel more confident when you're wearing a headband or like accessories? Is that, I mean, I used to when I played sports. I mean, it's some people think it's silly, but I, I do think there is an element to, you know, the look good, feel good, play good. Yeah, I would say so. Um, sometimes, you know, I wear it and sometimes I don't, um, you know, kind of like the arm sleeve. I used to wear arm sleeve, but, you know, I just don't really feel like the need to wear it anymore. Um, the leg sleeve is because uh, I got hit in my shin. So I was like, there's a swelling. There was a swelling last year on my right leg and now there's a swelling this year on my left. So uh, I got hit in my shin. So like, that's why I wear it. But, um, you know, yeah, it's just on a really game, game to game basis. But I would say like people do have, you know, um, you know, superstitions with, with, um, their accessories and everything. So, uh, and I understand it as well. Yeah. The leg sleeve just looks cool too. I mean, it, it is practical, but it just, it also adds, you know, just some, just some swag to the, to the oh, yeah. game, which there's never anything wrong with that. Yeah, for sure. You mentioned superstitions. Is there anybody in the locker room that has any like weird superstitions or like game day routines or anything like that? Um, I feel like we all have uh, our individual routines. Um, it was actually pretty funny. I was talking to Zay about this even before the game. I was like, man, I've, I like, almost forgot my pregame routine because it's been so long. Um, but yeah, everybody really has their... Uh, you know, just an individual routine. I don't know about too many superstitions, uh, like putting one shoe on first or anything like that, but uh, I know everybody definitely has their pregame routine. And, um, you know, some of us match it up with, you know, getting treatment at the same time or, um, you know, going home after pregame meal and coming back or, you know, just, just staying in Moby. So um, there's a different, there's a varying, uh, varying options for a pregame routine for sure. You know, you played a lot of sports your your whole life. Did you ever have any superstitious routines or anything like that when I when I played high school baseball? I don't know why I always had to strap my left glove first, and I think it was just like a habit. I don't think I mm-hmm. was actually like you know it has to be left. I just started doing it that way, and it became a routine. Yeah, I would say in football, a superstition I definitely had was watching film before the game, uh, just to you know just to review on everything that we worked on through throughout the week. Um, I did that with my, you know, wide receivers and running backs at the time, uh, which were my best friends too. So it was pretty easy to do that. Um, basketball wise, man, it's just probably just listening to music, probably the same, probably the same playlist, uh, that I usually play. Um, it's a wide variety of music, uh, and genres. So, um, yeah, I would, I would just probably say that would probably be, the superstition I have is just probably just playing the same music over and over again. This is a, this is a very random question mm-hmm. outside of you. If you were putting together a CSU basketball, you know, intramural flag football team, who who's the second best player on that team? Who's the second best. That's a great question. Uh, from the basketball team, man, that's tough. I'd say, I'd probably say Isaiah, Isaiah would be at the slot and John Tanjay too. If John can like figure out how to catch the football, he'll be great. He'll be great for sure. 
Tanjay or, or Chandler kind of came to mind just because they're yeah. like, you know, explosive, a little bit bigger. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I could see Isaiah being real shifty in the slot. He's tough too. So I could see him yeah. be like really embracing one of run, running guys over and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a junkyard dog. So I just put him <laughs> in, the, in the slot and, and let him go to work. Oh, one more question on the Air Force game about that block. What, what's more satisfying? Really rejecting somebody at the rim like that? Or throwing down a, a nice dunk. I know. I know both are probably great, but what's what feels better to you? What do you enjoy more? Um, I haven't really posterized too many people in my college career. Um, I wish I have, but I just <laughs> the opportunity hasn't come yet. So, um, you know, getting a getting a block is uh, is definitely more demoralizing. Uh, I would say um, because you know people think that you know they have like an open open lane. That's why they try to dunk it. Um, and, and blocking it is definitely, I think more rewarding because it's a, a, it's an immediate, uh, fast break, uh, opportunity as you saw, you know, on Tuesday. So, um, and especially hitting that three after is, is super sweet. So like once I thought back to like Nevada, when I had that block, um, late in the game and, and Adam hit the corner three, like that was, that was a huge turnaround. So I would say that's more of a huge turnaround than, um, you know, posterizing. But posterizing yeah, would be great. Nobody, nothing wrong with a poster. I mean, right. I, I let's put this in the in the universe so that it comes to fruition. Right. But, uh, <laughs> I agree with you. I feel like the block is just kind of more demoralizing to the other team, and it ends up being such a momentum swing if you can capitalize on it and and all that. But I mean, I can't do either of them. But I was just uh, <laughs> as. We've hit the final week of pro football regular season and the college football is heading into the national championship. DraftKings Sportsbook has an unbelievable offer to get all fans in on the action for this exciting time on the football calendar. New customers can bet just $5 on any football team to win their game. If they do, you're going to win $200 in free bets. Let's wind down the season with a big win. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on football with the same game parlay. This is where you combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. I actually took some money out recently. You know, maybe you're like me, you got to pay down some of these Christmas gifts. Yikes. Best way to do it, using that sports knowledge to make it rain on DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any football team, college or pro and win $200 in free bets if they're victorious. That promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, we will get right back to that interview with David Roddy, but I want to give you guys my DraftKings pick of the week. And we've got the national championship coming up on Monday. Big time, big time game between Alabama and Georgia. Two elite teams, you know, two teams that clearly were the best in the country this year. I know most folks are tired of Alabama, you know, having so much success. Georgia, the SEC in general. I get it. You know, I do. But I really am looking forward to this game. Obviously, I do cheer for Alabama, so take it with a grain of salt. You know, I think the what seems to be the play by a lot of people online is you look at these defenses and you say, you know, over under at 52, I'm going to lean on the under because of great defense. But when I look at the way that the SEC championship played out, 
And when I look at the way that Georgia's offense in particular executed against Michigan, I actually think the over is the play. And that's why that's going to be my DraftKings pick of the week. Over 52, you can get that at minus 105 on DraftKings. Lock it in and let's root for some points. You know, if it ends up being one of those Alabama LSU type championship games from way back in the day, at that point, you know, it is what it is. But I'd much rather root for points than root for a 7-3 ball game. So I'm, I'm going with the over and I, I really do feel like it's the play. I mean, Brock Bowers on Georgia, their, their running game, they can, you know, they can stretch the field a little bit, but Alabama, you know, Jamison Williams and just all the talent that they have on the outside. We saw Slade Bolden step up with no John Mechie due to a torn ACL. Just really like the build of that offense, and I really like the over. So that's the play. Lock it in, DraftKings pick of the week. And let's get back to that interview with David Roddy. You had a big matchup coming up with San Diego State. You were supposed to play Boise State. How hard is it, I guess, to shift focus all of a sudden and be playing a completely different team? I know you have a couple of days, so it's not like you're doing it the night before or anything like that. But is is this hard on you guys? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. Um, you know, yesterday we took yesterday off as a team, so uh, we just wanted to hear uh, word from the conference and from anybody to uh, figure out who we were going to play. Uh, so basically, we just knew. Uh, you know, early afternoon uh, yesterday that we were going to San Diego State. So uh, we didn't even prepare for Boise uh, at that time. So it's really seamless. Um, we just, you know, switched out one opponent for the next. So, um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't too hard on us. Uh, <clears throat> you know, like last year, we had only like one day to prepare and then we flew out. So, um, you know, this time we have a full two days to, you know, figure out, you know, personnel and, and running their their sets and everything. You played some tight games against San Diego State in your career. What kind of stands out about them? I mean, they always have explosive athletes. They usually are a pretty big team, obviously stout defensively. That's definitely their their banner this year. They're, they're great on defense, like the 13th best scoring defense in the country, I believe. You know, what's tough about playing them? Yeah, um, you know, all of those things that you said are definitely a very important part of, you know, San Diego State's DNA. Um, what I would say is their intensity on defense first, um, you know, they switch almost everything, uh, which is very challenging uh, to get into a rhythm as well as they all make winning plays uh, at the right time. Um, they're super disciplined. Uh, they have a, an amazing coach over there, an amazing culture. So, um, you know, I think that's the, the huge, the biggest part uh, of this game is, is the winning plays, the offensive rebounds, the, you know, free throw blockouts. Uh, I can think back to my freshman year when we were, you know, neck and neck with them. Uh, I think Yanni Wetzel got a free throw uh, blockout, got a, a rebound and kicked it out and hit a three, a shackle hit a three. So um, just making those plays and, and being ready to make those plays, I think that's what makes San Diego State a great program. I mean, there's there's no shortage of talent anyways. Obviously, they got Matt Bradley that came in. There's a lot of other good guys on that team, but are you, are you kind of relieved to not have to go up against Mitchell down in the paint anymore and, you know, shackle in the corner and some of these guys anymore? Um, yes and no. Uh, you know, Matt Mitchell, I have a lot, a lot of respect for him. Uh, you know, he, he's a great competitor and we're very similar in, in many ways. So uh, going up against him was always fun. Um, you know, they have, again, a similar guy in Matt Bradley uh, to him. So, um, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's very it's going to be a very similar, you know, game in that sense. Um, you know, Matt Bradley's a little bit more guard oriented than Matt was. 
the Matt Mitchell, uh, they're both Matt's. So, um, and then, you know, they, they also have great shooters as well. You know, Seiko is still there and everybody. So, um, you know, it's, it's a very similar team, but you know, they're a little bit different in, in, in many ways as well. So, um, you know, we're just going to have to, you know, pre plan, plan great and, and play hard. So. You excited to, to experience Viejas again, back kind of at what it's supposed to be, you know, rowdy. It's typically one of the best atmospheres in the conference. Yeah. Uh, you know, Viejas is, is a great spot to play. Um, you know, the, the fans always show out, uh, you know, we showed up there, their senior night. Uh, so it was, I mean, it was, it was a sellout crowd. It was, I mean, it was great. It was one of the best, I think it's one of the best atmospheres in the country. Um, so, you know, just going there is always a, a fun opportunity to, you know, play great basketball in front of a great atmosphere. I know you guys don't like to put too much pressure or too much focus on one game because, you know, it's, it's a long season and there's a lot of goals to be accomplished. Win, lose. I mean, you can still accomplish, you know, everything that you want to, but how much are you guys focused on kind of what this game means in terms of the context of the season? Obviously you guys are, are two of the heavyweights in the league expected to contend for the title winning this game on the road would really put you guys in a nice position moving forward. Yeah. Uh, we don't really worry about it too much in that, you know, in that magnitude of the scale, we understand, you know, it's going to be a, a pretty big game on, you know, on primetime television, but you know, we still have to play the basketball game. So, you know, San Diego state again, has a, has a great history. They're a great team uh, this year. So, um, you know, we're just going to go out and play our hearts out and, and have as much fun as possible and, and, uh, and enjoy the moment too. Um, you know, again, it's primetime basketball and against a great team. So we're just going to prepare well and, and just play our hearts out. Outside of Viejas, to me, it seems like either Logan or Laramie would probably be the toughest places to play. Where do you en enjoy playing the most? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, besides Moby, of course, I would say, you know, Viejas is, is always fun. Uh, it feels, feels like an NBA arena, really how they have it set up and the lighting and everything is, is really cool. So, um, you know, Viejas, Logan is always, you know, a, a very, very, very hostile place to play. Um, you know, it's fun to compete there. Uh, Laramie as well. Um, hopefully, you know, that will be filled, uh, you know, in COVID it wasn't really filled full as much. Um, you know, Boise is always a good spot to play as well. Uh, it's a pretty tough place. Uh, so yeah, I would just say, you know, and then also the pit, I've never been there yet. Um, so I'm very excited to go there and just see, and, you know, see all the people's stories that they've been telling me about and everything. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to play at those places. I hope they, they make that New Mexico game work. It's been an absurd streak. I don't remember the exact number, but I saw Jeff Grammer put on Twitter. It was like, it's been like 2000 days since CSU's played there or something like that. Maybe great. not quite that many, but you know what I mean? A, yeah. A, a yeah, big, great. long stretch. Um, you guys are getting flexible. At least it seems like the conferences in terms of the way this schedule is working. Are you excited about that? I mean, it, it kind of makes sense. I think if you have two teams that can play, you probably should even though, I mean, there are some downsides like with the, with this game happening on such short notice, there's probably going to be less CSU fans there than there would have been, you know, if they could have planned it out. But at the end of the day, it's a chance to get more good basketball games in. Yeah. Um, you know, I would, I would agree with that. Um, you know, just to, you know, to have our season, you know, be consistent, you know, rather than, you know, spotty games, maybe once or twice a week, uh, is, is really cool. Um, you know, kudos to the conference for, you know, making this happen. Uh, so, you know, again, it's just the sign of the times that we're in, 
um, you know, it's, it's a lot better than last year. You know, there's a lot of, there's, there's fans and, you know, I can see everybody. Um, but you know, it's, it's just, that's what we're going to have to deal with for the rest of the season. Uh, you know, we had a COVID break, uh, and then, you know, other teams are probably going to have COVID breaks, unfortunately. So, you know, that's just the reality of, of, you know, what we're, what we're in right now and what we're playing. So, um, we just have to take it day by day and, and just play it by ear. It's completely out of your control. It, it sounds like you guys were close to, to scheduling a game against the University of Arizona. Was that on your radar at all? Like, had the coaches informed you this might happen, starting to talk about it a little bit? Yeah, they told me that they were in talks with that. Um, you know, they didn't know if it would work or not. Um, but, you know, they had an open slot and we had an open slot. So uh, they were working really hard to do that as well. So, um, yeah, I heard it was pretty near to being finished. But, you know, the conference stepped in and said, hey, you guys are going to going to San Diego. So, um, yeah, that would either game would have been exciting to play for sure. That's kind of the good way to, to look at it, I think. I mean, obviously, playing a top 10 team on the road, you know, that would have been a great opportunity for your guys' resume. You get to face them in, in front of a different audience and all that, but San Diego state, a great team. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you recently were, were added to the John Wooden award watch list. You know, that, that puts you in the conversation for the best player in the country. What does that mean to you? Yeah. Uh, it's a huge honor. Um, you know, it, it, it really hasn't hit me yet. Um, but you know, it's, it's a definitely a huge honor. It's something that, you know, I didn't even consider for myself, even this season. So, um, you know, just to be on that list is just a huge blessing. Um, you know, again, it's, it's kudos to, you know, this program and, and my teammates as well. Um, you know, I'm nothing without them. So, um, you know, that's just, a, a recognition for the entire team and the entire program. Um, because, you know, I'm, I'm nowhere without, without them. So, uh, it's a huge honor and, you know, hopefully I can continue, um, you know, bringing success to CSU and bringing a, a national spotlight to CSU cause they, they deserve it. Well, congratulations for that. And congratulations on passing a thousand points in your career. Isaiah obviously did the same. Now you posted on Twitter, congratulating him. I, I thought that was really, really cool of you. Um, you know, what makes him such a special player from, from an inside perspective, getting to see him every day up and close, you know, probably competing with and against him more than, you know, just about anybody. Why is he so hard for opposing teams to play? Yeah, I would say it's, first of all, it's his competitiveness um, and his love to compete. Uh, I mean, he, yeah, I've never met. It's very rare to see someone be that competitive in everything that he does. Um, you know, even in open gyms at, at 8am after a 6am lift, like he's, he's going full throttle and, and we're all tired and we just want to go home, but he's like, nah, we, we got to play still and everything. So, um, it's first is his competitiveness as well as, you know, just his skill and, and how hard he works as well. He's one of the most, you know, skilled players I've ever played with. Um, so, you know, that, that mix as well as just being a great leader and a great person is, you know, really why. Um, he is the way he is and, and, you know, why it's, it's no, no surprise that he has a thousand points and he'll have, he'll have a thousand more. So, um, you know, he's, he's a great player and a great kid. And so, you know, I just love being around him and, and, you know, he's been a great teammate and a great friend for me. I know you're so wrapped up in the the heat of the season. You probably haven't had a chance to get all that reflective as of yet, but do you ever think about just kind of how unique and, and how cool it is that you and Isaiah have gotten to 
you know, come up next to each other. And obviously, you know, Deshaun and, and, and John and, and James and all these other guys as well. Like that's so rare in, in the modern era of college basketball with so much player movement, with so many transfers, you guys coming up three years, accomplishing all this, but doing it together. Yeah. Uh, I would just say that's a testament to, you know, their character uh, as young men um, and their loyalty to the program. Um, you know, again, the coaching staff is, has been amazing. Um, you know, they've been authentic with us. Um, and, you know, just wanting to better a program as well as wanting to better themselves, um, is, I feel like is at the forefront of their mind at all times. Um, and that's, you know, super, super rare, um, because, you know, one of one or one or the other, um, usually is the choice and not both. So, um, you know, having an entire team of guys that understand their role, um, you know, love each other, uh, and, you know, just love hanging around each other is, is very unique and very rare. So, um, you know, I'm taking, you know, every chance I get to enjoy these moments and, and just relish in it because I know that, you know, not everybody can, you know, not everybody gets this experience. So, um, I'm just trying to, yeah, like you, like you said, just enjoy every moment with it. Well, man, thank you so much for giving us some time as usual. We're, we're all looking forward to seeing you guys out in action on Saturday. Do you guys leave Friday, I assume? Yeah, we walk through first and then, yeah, we leave. We leave and then practice there. All right, man. Well, we'll save travels and, and best of luck and, and go Rams. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Go Rams. Peaches out of Palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade. This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums. My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs. Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves. We are just some drops of water together, make up seven seas. And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe. I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I want to be.